It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Amy, I can't believe we hit 100,000 downloads. I can't either. Crazy. It's so crazy. We're too dorky. Dork dorky. And cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Cheesy moms. Yeah, so I'm just Maybe like, humbled. That, me too. Maybe that's yeah. what they like. Yeah. Or my family's listening to it. Yeah, we, we, they're all just sitting there <laughs> back to back listening. But yeah, definitely. Um, that was my excitement for the week. Kept watching yeah. the climb. Very yeah. excited. Very cool. You know, on Friday, August 26th, is a National Dog Day. I don't know if you know that. I just learned about this today. I'm going to have to announce that. Yeah. Classes. And so, a couple of fun things. Krispy Kreme is doing a, a puppy dog friendly donut. Mm-hmm. That you can get, I think, all week, maybe, and you can, and they're handing out red bandanas. Oh, that's adorable! And then here, locally in Portland, Oregon, Salt and Straw mm. is doing pup mm-hmm. cups on Friday, twenty six, from four to six. And if you live near a Salt and Straw ice cream shop, love Salt and Straw. Me too. Very unique ice cream. Very fun and different. <laughs> yes, very different. Um, those uh, I was reading about those beagles. Oh, yeah. I can't remember how many, if it was 100 or right. something, a huge amount that yeah. they um, saved from that puppy mill. Yeah, and I Portland, uh, Salem is, coming is getting, getting some. some. So yeah. some good news in the dog world. Exactly. It's exciting. Woohoo. I heard about three different stories that Use waste to create either fashion or art. I love. I know. Me too. Last March, you know, Lucy and I went on that educational tour mm-hmm. to France mm-hmm. and Spain. This is our high school. When we were in France shopping, I came upon this really cool swimsuit line, Apenne. It's a French sustainable swimwear brand mm-hmm. founded by two passionate divers in 2017. The brand transforms ocean waste into new fabric used to make swimwear. That's so really cool. Cool. The, they collect plastic waste from the Mediterranean Sea and beaches. Apenae's attention to detail in the fabric design is exceptional, even down to using ecological process that ensures high resistance to salt, sun, and chlorine, which is hmm. pretty cool. To so the cup, so make it last longer. Last too. longer, yeah. and they're really vibrant, fun colors. But I just best of all, this swimwear line is committed to reinventing products that are sustainable and better for the environment. Another story I heard about is an eco-artist, Mariah Reading from Bangor, Maine. Mariah creates impressionist paintings on trash in order to bring awareness to the harms of pollution and climate change. She's a classically trained artist who pivoted to Mm eco-art when the parallel between painting landscapes and the growing landfills Mm -hmm. uh, became overwhelming. She developed a zero-waste practice that involves creating canvases from debris that she's collected on her travels through national parks and protected areas. Then, once the art piece is completed, she photographs the painted object aligned with the actual physical landscape. It's like jaw-dropping. You can't really tell where the art and landscape I have wanted to do this before with trash because I've seen stuff at the Newport Aquarium where they took trash from the beach and they've made it into art. Right. We've talked about this before where I'm like, oh, I can do that. But mine would look like a toddler did it. I know. I mean, 
Lastly, another eco-friendly artist, uh, Stephanie Hongo, turns household trash into life-size animal treasures. Uh, she's using wire cutters and other tools to create all sorts of whimsical animals, sometimes even using a Barbie doll head uh, in her sculpture. So far, she's created 160 uh, trash sculptures, um, which she sells on Instagram at, at SugarFox. She hopes to inspire others to reuse items that you know usually end up in landfills. Yeah. And that reminds me of our cigarette buds that we've been collecting when we were hogging. <laughs> yes, yes, we need to do something with them. And I, yeah. ke- I keep thinking, spray paint them red and maybe make them into a shape of a heart. Big heart. I love that idea. Yeah, so that so, might be something fun. But I just admire the creativity and yeah. ingenuity of these three stories. You know how they use fashion and art to upcycle waste, upcycle stuff, and also to new. raise awareness with how much garbage we have. Right. Yeah, that's going into the landfills. Unfortunately, very cool. Good finds. Episode 96. I'm going to wow. chat about Sister Madonna Buter, also known as the Iron Nun. Oh, wow. It's kind of funny because my yeah. middle son came into my room as I was reading Sister Madonna's book, The Grace to Race, and he asked me why I was reading it again. <gasps> now, I knew I had read it before, but I right. couldn't believe that he remembered That's it. pretty impressive. I know. It was you like... remember. Ten years ago. Wow. And, and he said that to me. You read it like ten years ago. And he was right. Uh, it was written back in 2010, and Sister Madonna is still making news oh, today. Oh, wow. Just a couple weeks ago, she participated in a sprint triathlon at 92. Whoa. So she, with a sprint, you swim a half mile, you bike just a little over 12 miles, and you do a 5K, so you run 3.1 wow. miles. That's impressive. This woman, 92. That's incredible. Yes, I know. I love her spunk, her drive, and just her sheer grit. There's a reason they call her the Iron Nun. That name. I know, isn't it cute? Yeah. She's even been featured in a Nike ad, which I oh, think that means I'll have to look you've at that. arrived. Yeah, for sure. This woman, though, has followed her heart her entire life, and I admire that she's lived, you know, her north. She's followed her heart. She doesn't yeah. listen to people or, right. or anyone else. She's constantly, constantly talking to God. I want to follow him, but besides that, she lives a life true to herself. She wrote the book because she wants to share, you know, wisdom, which yeah. she had turned 80 so she most certainly was born into an upper class family in july of 1930 she was born in st louis missouri on a 105 degree day i feel sorry for them all (laughs) (laughs) she teases that that's most likely well why she loves the and tolerates the heat so well her family was definitely part of the upper class her father was an attorney and carried on the family tradition of philanthropy she wrote that the buter name has been emblazoned on the county library, a school, uh, park office buildings, the student center at Maryville University campus. So they were a family in the town. Her parents were complete opposites. Her father was a hardworking lawyer and Unitarian coming from a line of staunch Germans, set in his ways, systematic, analytical, and practical. Her mother's family came from France. She was raised in a Catholic family and... She embraced her faith. The combination of these two has been perfect for her life as a nun and a triathlete, combining both her mother and her father. Her father played handball until he was 70. Oh, wow. I know. 
There's After something his, about that. Uh, Ryan's, so yeah, Ryan's grandfather skied into his 80s. That's so it's impressive. It's crazy. I mean, he had season's passes like at three different resorts. That's so cool. I well, mean, unlike that guy we met today. Oh, yeah. Um, when we were running 69. And he awesome. lost how much weight? I think it was 40, I thought. By lifting garbage. And so he's excited to start yeah. working at 69. I think so that keeps you young. Great. Yeah. So with her father... After his 80th birthday, he was still going to the office six days a week. Wow. And then putting... Dedicated. In, I know. And he must have loved it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't be doing that. And then he put in three to seven hours of hard work gardening at home on the weekend. Her mother, she was into plays, and she would perform in them. She cared for her roses, and she studied French, as well as enjoyed painting and uh-huh. writing. So definitely some opposites. Her father had been a champion oarsman in college and decided to try his hand at sailing with the family. He took them all out, and the kids did not want to wear a life jacket. And he kept saying, no, you have to wear a life jacket. So anyway, the kids won out. They did not put on a life jacket. He told them, no matter what, stay seated. No matter what, stay seated. Well, he made some type of error on the water, and they found themselves capsized and pinned under the boat. So thank goodness they did not have their life jackets on. Um, she was so grateful that she refused to wear it. Instead of telling them to just stay seated, now he was screaming at them, you know, hold on to the boat, hold on to the boat. <laughs> so her mother the whole time was just praying that they made it ashore. As they watched, you know, paraphernalia floating by, they saw their cap <sighs> wow. and, you know, just their stuff. So her mother sitting there praying, Sister Madonna, the whole time, she's constantly, constantly praying. Yeah. And just talking to God, and I think she got that from her mom because that's what she, her mom did. Um, since I know, I know they all lived from this experience, and the Coast Guard came to rescue them. I can laugh at the sight, right? But that is scary at the time, be, especially for that poor mom. Oh my gosh, yeah. But after that, her father became a coach instead oh. of a sportsman with the family. So no more sailing. For yeah, them. there you go. I found it interesting that the family. Well, I should say the dad. But really, the whole family listened to the news during dinner. Okay. Followed with the Lone Ranger right. on the radio. Well, that was big, though. Yeah, radio. It was. That's what people did for entertainment. I just so. found it interesting that they did it during dinner because we grumble so much about people being on their phones, which I totally agree with. Right. It's rude. Yeah. Um, but it made me realize this isn't a new problem. No. It was, it's just, and maybe a it's when it was, you know, they also, it was probably aired at that time. Right. They probably right. couldn't exactly. go, hey, let's, yeah. let's eat our dinner and have our conversation. Right. right. Their tummies were hungry. It's and like they, it's on when yes. it's on. True. You know, I don't True. know. But but yeah. we have different devices today. For sure. But obviously, you know, they were still distracted during their family time yeah. back in the day, too. Sister Madonna and her brothers didn't go without much, as I noted. They were constantly outside sledding in the winter, swimming in the summer. The book has professional photos with the sister and her cocker spaniel, Winky. Wow. She got him for her 12th birthday. Oh. Now, it just made me laugh because I've not done professional photos with any of my no. dogs. But professional photos back then, too, would be yeah. costly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you should see the photos. They're very, like, she looks just very prim and proper. For her 16th birthday, she got a horse. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and named him Wally Highland. Mm-hmm. Her favorite cookie at home was a vanilla wafer with um, orange icing. And I just feel like back in that day, yeah. that wouldn't have been that common i feel like maybe right. you know shortbread or i don't know I yeah mean, i don't I'm either just i feel like that was probably a fancier cookie in the day sounds yeah sounds fancy she actually started her education in public school in fourth grade they had a lesson on pioneers which included some role playing 
she was given a husband. Oh. And she did not like that. She went straight to her books. And I love that she was already flexing her girl power in grade school. She knew how far she would go and, and called it good. She started to go to some parties. Which were innocent enough. She's, yeah. you know, young. But when she went home and explained to her parents that they were playing, you know, spin the bottle, basically kissing right. game, it left her with a whole lot of questions. And her parents opted to enroll her in an all-girls school to remedy that. Oh, there you go. It was much easier in the discussing the birds and the bees. Yeah. So she just was, you know, whisked off to an right. all-girls school instead. When she lost Wally, the horse, to a um, c- cerebral hemorrhage, she not only decided her equestrian chapter was closing, but she saw it as a sign that God was preparing her to not focus on material things. Oh, Talk about a mature... Very mature at that age. Yeah. She followed in her mother's footsteps with acting. She felt as if she projected herself into the roles. It was a good lesson for life. She said, take the focus off of yourself and concentrate on something else. And I just think that's so yeah. true. I remember in high school when I was going through chemo and my mom would say the same thing and yeah. I got to know this younger girl who was going through the same type of cancer that I was and you know kind of got to be her mentor even though yeah. I wasn't much older but it still it took my mind off of my problems right oh. it does make me curious if any of our listeners have any ways that they've done that because I think yeah. it's you know a good way to help others and and focus on what's important right in high school she dated guys and it sounds like she had her choice of boys <laughs> but she knew, even back then, her calling was to become a sister. Hmm. You know I'm all about the signs. All about the signs. And so is Sister Madonna. Her sophomore year, she attended the University of Wisconsin. At some point, she she went there for the summer. Yeah. At some point during this trip, they found themselves in Spearfish, South Dakota. Apparently, they performed a passion play every 10 years. Wow. And they happened to be in town for this play. Her junior year, she attended the University of Colorado Boulder for summer school. See what I mean about growing up in very. I'm realizing you mean the passion of Christ, right? Yes. I yes. was thinking for a moment they were like something else. So oh, like, no, I'm, no, no. Yeah. So, but that yeah. they happened to be there and um, got to go to that. That's wow. A, that's, that's a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah, that um, would be a big sign. Yeah, I think so too. And I, when I just briefly looked this up, I guess they compared that to. Going to see Mount Rushmore. I mean, it was popular. It was a big thing. Yeah. Like I said, you can tell she had very comfortable (laughs) surroundings, and I think that's probably why her family didn't approve of her decision to become a nun. Wow. Her mom, the Catholic, even opposed it. She basically could take, you know, she would be married to Christ, and Christ would be her husband. Her father especially disliked the idea. She'd been his only girl, his little queen. I'm sure he thought... He wanted an easier, yeah. you know, more comfortable life for his right. daughter. Her grandfather disapproved the most. Oh. He wouldn't even come visit when she was in, at the convent. She became a full-fledged nun on December 8, 1956, at the Sister of the Good Shepherd. The celebration was at the St. Nicholas Abbey in Angers, France. I giggled when she said they served her favorite oh. dessert. <laughs> it was um, her favorite cake, I should say, at the reception. Devil's food cake. Okay. With white icing. This woman traveled all over the place right. with different homes. She was constantly getting new assignments. Just made my head spin. I couldn't keep keep up with it. And I can't imagine. I, I know they had very limited material items. But right. I don't. I just, yeah, she, she signed up for that. But, wow, she was all over the place. 
she'd been teaching girls at a Catholic home when the main office said she needed to get her teaching certificate in order to comply with state standards. I laughed when they sent this nun to Arizona State University. Wow. And that's a part uh, yeah. party school. But the, maybe was it back then? Maybe. The party school. Well, she said, you know, all these Even girls then. had very little clothing on because it was hot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure she was the only one there in a habit. She's probably the only one on campus. Right. That's got to be in hot clothes like that. Totally hot. Thank goodness she liked the heat. She ended two credits short with having a master's in audiovisual education, but received her master's in education in 1968 and a master's in counseling in 1969. The only reason she was two credits short, she wanted to double major with a master's, but they wouldn't allow that. So um, She's she's, a go-getter. She is. Definitely is. Still at it at 92. She still was all over the place, often burning the wick at both ends, caring for others. One day, her and another nun went down to the ocean, and Sister Madonna got swept up in a wave. She was flailing her arms to the sister on the beach to come to come help her. The sister thought she was just waving, just like, and hey. she smiled and waved back, oh, like, no. "I'm glad you're having a good time." You're out in the ocean. Yeah, obviously, she survived. But one day, she was notified that she had a visitor. When she went to see who it was, there was her grandfather. Oh my gosh! Who would only come into the lobby. The man who said he would never accept it, he wouldn't even attend her reception when she received her certificate, I guess he knew the end was near and decided he needed to visit his granddaughter in the, in the lobby. Well, that's as far as he would go. She gave him the sacrament of the sick, and he was wow. hospitalized the next day, and he died a week later. Wow. So just in time. Yeah. Sister Madonna was at Rockaway Beach. Oh, wow. Which is so... Here in Oregon. Yes. Um, I grew up going to that beach. I had a girlfriend that worked with me at Cobos. We went yeah. to a wedding from probably the camp. I had a band camp that I'm wow. sure was at this place where they had their um, workshop. That's cool. Yes. I was there after Sister Madonna. And there you go. Yeah. She'd been working with troubled girls in Spokane, also up you know north, yeah. our neck of the woods. And she was happy to finally settle down. At this point, she had been a nun for two decades. At the workshop, she thought it was silly that Father John Topol ran just to run. He explained to her that it harmonized the mind, the body, and the soul. I guess a movie had just been out like six months before this called See How She Runs with oh, Joanne Woodward. Okay. And I guess Joanne Woodward won some type of, you know, Best Actress Award or something. Wow, but cool. But she was a divorcee who wanted to run the Boston Marathon. So I need oh, to go look up that movie. That's a cool movie, yeah. yeah. Anyway, on April 1st, 1978... Sister Madonna ran for the first time on the beach, first time ever, but it was on the beach, and she laughs that she was a fool for Christ that day. Oh. She was naturally gifted, and when she ran her first run, she placed four out of 300 in that first race. Oh, my. So she was a fast thing. Yeah, really good. Sister Madonna said she was running on faith and praying along the way. She ran so many races, just like when she was moved all over the place with her, you know, assignments. Same thing with her runs. I could not keep up with all of them. But her first marathon, she collected money. She got pledges for MS for, in places in Spokane. And in the end, she had earned $4,000 in pledges wow. for multiple sclerosis. That's so awesome. huge. And that's kind of before, well, I guess that's about when people, I mean. It, it's not running, running, but, but it wasn't huge it, in the pledges and earning money all that, for stuff. that connection, yeah. yeah. It was still just kind of the running craze. For her, it was never a fitness thing, but a spiritual quest. She firmly believes that we have God-given gifts and we must use them. She said, if I don't use the gifts God has given me, I'm not honoring my creator. Oh. 
She also believes that not to risk is not to live life fully. Part of her joy in running is just getting out in nature and seeing God's creation, saying it seems to make her problems shrink. Oh, I, I love yeah. that. Because it's true. It's true, yeah. When you're sure. out there, you gain some perspective. Right. I was relieved to know that Sister Madonna isn't perfect. She's just like the rest of us. I mean, she's better than most right, of us. But, right, right. Um, sure. She was on a road trip for a race, of course, with a friend. And they stopped into a rather run-down gas station. She grabbed some popcorn and decided to use the restroom before they got back on the road. She left the popcorn outside of the restroom. Thank goodness. Yeah. When she came back out, she noticed this large, scruffy-looking man and hurried to the car because he made her nervous. Oh. When they arrived at the hotel, their destination before the run, she realized her wallet was missing. She called the gas station and re- was relieved that they had her wallet. She'd left it in the bathroom, oh. and that scruffy-looking man oh, who so she, she had judged. judged. Exactly. <laughs> so she's, yeah, I love We all make mistakes. Admitted. Yeah. Exactly. None of us are perfect. She had judged, and he had turned it in. On that same trip, her car came to a complete stop. Station wagon full of drinking fishermen pulled over. I mean, one guy had his feet sticking out the back. <laughs> and they just wanted to make sure she was all right. Aww. So here are these guys. I mean, they opened up a can of beer. And they after, asked her if she wanted it. And right. Obviously, she wasn't going to. But just still, people that you might normally look at and, and maybe pass judgment. She yeah. was commenting on they had good hearts. One man stopped and took a closer inspection for them. Apparently, it was something with the oil. She thought that guy was an angel because he disappeared as quickly as he had appeared. Most importantly, she was reminded to never judge. All throughout this book, she's talking about angels. All throughout the book. And she wants people to look for angels. Um, She also shined a light on kindness in the world. And reminded us of the good that can be in disasters. She was riding a bike one day when some guys came up from behind her and told her her tire was wobbling. She pulled over and this nice Australian couple tried to figure out what was going on right. to no avail. Then a young man who, you know, she saw in the park and he was trying to meditate. He finally came over and he pulled out some tools, tried to fix her spokes, but he couldn't fix it either. He didn't have the right tools. Someone else looked at it and said, you just need a new tire. So she goes to the repair shop. Someone she knew there, who happened to be there, paid for the tire. So in that short amount of time, she yeah. had four different acts of kindness yeah. All stemming from that rotten situation of her tires, you know, the spokes being all askew. Her first triathlon, I love this name, was called Heels and Wheels. Oh. And the three-quarter mile swim was indoors. When she got off the bike, she said she looked like a drunken sailor. <gasps> what you do, your legs are like solid bricks. That's right. why they call brick workouts if you're oh, going okay. from one yeah. discipline to the other. So, But that's all it took. She caught the bug. I find it endearing that she participates in these events and trains with a cross around her neck, but she doesn't wear a watch. Wow. She's yeah. not looking at she's her time. She's not timing. No. She's just going for... She a- is. And she's... Quali- at the t- yeah, back in the day, she qualified for Boston many wow. times. This woman has had her share of accidents. She took so many spills off the bike that I lost track how wow. many times she fell off her bike. One thing that never happened, though, she has never been attacked by a shark. I kind of found it funny. One... There was a race that this lady in her age bracket was so competitive with her that she tried to scare her. She mentioned, you know, that there were sharks in the water. Right. Proof that you're never too old for anything, including being super competitive with someone your age. Yeah. Um, She didn't show fear, but instead she said, well, then we better, you know, swim faster. Right. She wasn't scared of sharks. But one of her larger accidents, later up for 
it was a month before Iron Man. <laughs> and during that time, one of her 45 Ironmans, the woman oh participated in 45 Ironman distance triathlons. And remember, that is a 2.4-mile swim, 112 miles on the bike, and then you finish with a marathon. Wow. All back to back. Wow. So she's laid up and bored stiff. That time gave her an opportunity to read this book called Sudden Spring by Liliana Copo. And basically, the message was to go into the world and find your ministry. And that concept changed her life. So I don't, I I think she didn't feel like she had to be so tied down to the convent that she had been affiliated with. But she wouldn't have read that book had she not been laid up because she would have been too bored. She needed to be, she needed to pause. Yeah. God gave her a pause. Exactly. And she would say that too. On the big island in 1987, she went out for a bike ride in preparation for the Ironman. Along the ride, she spotted Pat Griscus, an ex-Marine who had lost his left leg during a motorcycle accident while he was on duty in Germany. He was well-known among the tri-community. As Sister Madonna passed him, he called out her name, and she gave him a salute, (laughs) which I think is adorable. This was his third Ironman, and he was preparing to make it the best one. Wow. The next day, she was in the bike shop when another cyclist ran in and announced that he had just passed by an accident. He said it must be a fatality because the body was covered with a white sheet. They weren't releasing names, but the man said he saw an artificial leg on the road several yards from the body. So they knew who it was. The night before the race, Sister Madonna and a few other athletes drove to the accident site to make a memorial. The three signs that they put up read, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith from 2 Timothy 4-7. They also placed a jar down on the pier where people could donate to a scholarship fund for his eight-month-old daughter. Many of the participants wore a black armband in honor of Pat Griscus. When she was riding her bike along the course on race day, her armband came loose and was flying across her body over her heart. She felt, and that was right when she was going by the memorial placard, she felt it was a sign from Pat that he approved of them placing that memorial up, which I thought was just so sweet. Like I said, signs. Signs, yeah. Sister Madonna spent quite a lot of her ministry in prisons and with at-risk women. With more endurance events, there was more press coverage. She was in papers, television commercials, the news. Many of the ladies she had helped reached out to her. And this was like 27 years after she had been there. One woman wrote to thank her, noting she almost didn't recognize her in running clothes. I mean, back when she started all of this, yeah. she had to get permission to just have it. Yeah. In her- yeah. I mean, and it, it kind of evolved into her getting to wear like a swimsuit and a right. workout. Yeah, clothes. actual workout clothes. But. Another woman approached her on a street corner and thanked her. She said she was now a mother and had a son that has helped that had helped keep her clean. Aww. Another time she saw signs. This was another time she saw signs. This was really the work she needed to be doing. It was obvious there was a need. So I love that she's constantly looking, looking and reading yeah. the signs. One day she was visiting a prison. At this time she was a more progressive nun. I'm assuming because she was in street clothes when this happened. When she was done with her visit, she decided to run back the way she came. Someone shouted, stop, stop, or I'll shoot. Oh, no. She explained she was a Catholic sister and was there visiting an inmate. He took her back inside the prison since he was skeptical of her story, but just gave her a warning after her story checked oh, out. Wow. She was like, Is you it know, just because she was running? Because she was running. It looked they, a little you don't, you run. don't run in the prison. Okay. She didn't do that again. The book ended with her feeling obligated to open up a new age bracket for the Iron Man. She had yeah. done so two times already, so she was determined to add an 80-plus 
category. Wow. The book ended before she did. But yeah. Of course, she did open up a new age bracket because at 82, she became the oldest person to do an Ironman. Wow. She's just, like I said, grit, determination. Yeah. The name fits. This woman is straightforward and honest. She definitely doesn't sugarcoat anything, which I appreciate. She knows she's a creation of God, and she takes pride in the fact that, you know, using her running is her ministry, and so is her racing to others. She's out there breaking all these records because God's given her the ability, and she doesn't want to waste it. She hurts just like everyone else, and she continues to push through it. I just admire how much she has stuck to her values, knowing so early in life that she was, you know, called to be a nun, and then kind of, you know, finding her own path and how... She pursued that. It was most definitely not the easy route, especially since her family originally didn't support it. But it was her journey, and she never steered from that path. Yeah. She said she's never been in full-blown panic because she prays instead. We were chatting about this this morning, and I love that idea. Just Just so freeing. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of stressing about stuff, she's just talking to God. Keep praying. I love that, too. She can spin any situation, turn it around, and see the silver lining. So in all of these horrible incidents, she figured out, oh, I missed that, you know, flight, right. and then my bike caught up with me, and then I met, so, you know, so she yeah. figures out what the good thing in the situation was. I did see a video where she was interviewed and gave her six Ds to do a triathlon, oh. which I love these for anybody that wants to do a try. First one is dream, desire, dedication, discipline, determination, dare to do it. Oh. She ended the book with a list of reflections. I think she's gained some wisdom in all those years. Um, and like I said, this was her first 80 years. And through all of the challenges that she's had, she reminded us to gear up your determination. To start now. Yeah. Don't worry about your age. Begin gradually. Don't just jump into things. But right. really pay attention to things. She also noted a caution to listen to your mind, body, and soul. Sometimes people go too crazy with stuff. And they're not really in tune with what their body, what their spirit is telling them. Right, what they're um, able to do. Right, especially with the people that can be compulsive about it. She says to let each day surprise you. I like which that. Which I really like that. Develop your faith. It's a muscle. Yeah. Use your talents. Be grateful. Take time to be still. That's one I need to work on. Concentrate on people, not things. She had her bike stolen two times. There was something else that was stolen. I can't remember what it was. But she's like, if you don't have much stuff, then you don't worry about it. Yeah, you don't have to worry about anything. She also said to honor the small steps, like pennies in a jar. They add up. She had an aged neighbor in Spokane in 1996 that had a tree that was partially downed on their house. And, you know, she's aged herself, but she went down and piece by piece took down that tree by herself. Wow. Just, you know. And she also said, watch for your angels, which, as I said, she sees angels all over. I'm going to probably print out this. Well, actually, I have the list printed out. I'm probably going to put it in my bullet journal so I can look at it. I do want to do it. It is very good. And I, I love her take on just... Watching for the angels out there, and I see it as, you know, just good people in the world right. because there are so many more good people in the world than we realize. Yeah. We just got to look, and she does a really good job at looking and finding looking, them. Focusing, so, yeah. Lots of ways I want to be more like Sister Madonna. I found peace in the realization that if God gives you a talent, he expects you to use it. You're honoring your creator by making use of them. This realization gave me the courage to keep going. 
My drive has always been to answer the call and let God do the rest. Sister Madonna Buter. I have two stories about missiles and bombings. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Doesn't sound like me, but unlike what's going on in Ukraine, these missiles and bombs, they have a positive effect. Oh, good. In the world. Yay. A nonprofit group called Worldview International Foundation set out to plant 300 million mangrove trees in Myanmar. Mangroves oh. are an extremely important tree for tropical and subtropical coastal regions. My son, my oldest son, will be so excited that I'm talking yeah. about mangroves or any type of plant whatsoever. <laughs> but if you're trying to picture what a mangrove tree looks like, think about any movie that takes place in the Florida Everglades, which are usually okay. kind of spooky to me. Yeah. Um, like U.S. Marshals with Tommy Lee Jones. The big trees with the thick trunks with lots of little legs dipping into the swampy water. And it's the creatures that are in the water right. that make me nervous right. about those. Yeah. But anyway, they can grow in brackish water, which is water that's a mixture of fresh water and salt water. So you'll often find them along oceans and rivers where the seawater meets river water. What makes these trees so important is that mangrove trees protect shorelines and oh. both human and animal habitats that are more inland from the waves and the storms. Okay. Additionally, mangroves are very effective in filtering and cleaning water, helping the ecosystem clean itself. And maybe most impressive, mangroves absorb, this is the best part, up to five times of CO2, more than trees in the rainforest. Wow. So they're helping. Big time. These trees are just amazing. So Myanmar, which up until 1989 been called Burma, is a Southeast Asian country. This country is amazingly biodiverse, having over 16,000 different plant species and over 1,100 different bird species. Wow. I'm sure my son knows each and every plant. It's home to tigers, rhinos, flying squirrels, monkeys, leopards, and water buffalo, not to mention crocodiles, cobras, pythons and turtles, all sorts mm. of things that yeah. frighten me. But Myanmar has natural resources, including things like jade, gems, oil, natural gas, and tropical hardwoods like teak. Okay. It's led to the exploitation of these resources to the detriment of the environment, which we've all heard about. Right. Two-thirds of the country's existing ecosystems are at risk to development, mining, and timber. The country's mangroves are down to 16% of what they once were. And with Myanmar being hit with tsunamis in 2008 and 2018, this has had a significant impact on their coastline. Worldview International's plan to plant 300 million mangrove trees is in part as a reaction to the 2008 tsunami, as mangroves can help reduce the damage caused by storms and tsunamis. I mean, it's really, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nature. And From go back to nature. I know, exactly. From 2012 through 2018, Worldview International planted 6 million trees in a seven-year period. Six million oh, trees. a lot that's, of trees. Yeah, no small feat. Now the missile part. Retired NASA engineer was helping with the project. He designed a drone that could fire a seed missile into the ground or shallow water that from the crazy. air. I know. Technology. I love wow. it. Combining the two. The seed missile has everything the tree needs to grow and is able to embed the seed into the soil. A group of these drones could plant as many as 400,000 trees in a day. Wow. In 2019 alone, Worldview, in connection with Biocarbon Engineering, who provides the drones, planted 4 million mangrove trees. Wow. The results are impressive. The mangrove seeds planted a year ago are now over 20 inches tall and growing quickly. 
The drone seed missiles are such a success that they're ready to scale up the program and try it with different parts of the world and possibly with different types of seeds. Yeah. Just very so cool. cool. Yeah. Now on to the bombing. While the drone seed missiles are very high tech, this next little bit is more my speed. Yeah. Very low tech. Anybody could do it. Shayla Ho and Phoenix McGee are a couple in San Francisco who are doing their part to beautify the city and help the environment around them. On their first date 10 years ago, they planted an aloe bush together. Since then, isn't that cute? They've had a love affair with plants. This so could be Zach, too. Particularly native wildflowers. The couple travels around the city on skateboards, bikes, electric scooters. Um, sprinkling native wildflower seeds wherever they see a neglected spot in need of some beauty. They call it seed bombing. That's so cute. Isn't it adorable? I love it. So, unused flower box, seed bomb. Barren lot, seed bomb. Barren strip along the street, seed bomb. They distribute the seeds year-round and love to see them bloom each spring. They can travel around the town and see the beautiful wildflowers that they planted. Residents around the town cheer them on, especially oh, sure. when they see... <laughs> there they are. And sometimes dressed as bumblebees. Oh, my god! They even ask them to hit particular spots because the flowers bring so much beauty to yeah. the neighborhoods. Simple to do. As they move around town, they have seed shakers, which are, you know, like those little red pepper flake shakers that you see at pizza restaurants. They're filled with native wildflower seeds. They go to local nurseries and ask for the native flower oh, seed wow. mixes. Yeah. It's important to only use native seeds, otherwise invasive plants can be introduced to the environment right. and that's a bad, bad thing. Native plants evolved to, you know, live in their natural, their native environment. That means they're perfect for the climate and the soil of that region. They're usually more drought resistant and they have other huge benefit is that native flowers attract more pollinators like oh, honeybees and butterflies, yeah. which both are in trouble. I, um, the monarchs on the endangered species oh, list. Oh, I didn't know that. The pollinators on the decline, planting these native wildflowers can help support those insects, insect populations, which just is so important for our ecosystem. Right. Not to mention that 35% of the crops consumed by humans require pollinators to grow it. 35%. Wow. We need those yeah. little pollinators. Shayla Coe and Phoenix are careful not to seed bomb in any existing conservation projects, like ones in you know state parks, agricultural areas, anywhere that looks like there's been an existing gardening project going on. They look for places that look like they've been neglected, oh, and yeah. I love that part. Yeah. You can find Shay Leco and Phoenix McGee on TikTok and follow Cute. them around San Francisco as they do their bombing runs and see gorgeous flowers they produce. The best part of this is that Anyone can do it. People yeah. can go walk in their dog, go for a run, or, or take a bike ride just so they can, you know, spread a little seed shaker along at any place that needs a little beauty. And I definitely see us taking a seed shaker with us along when we go plogging to do a clean Do a little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit super, of clean, a little super shaking. excited yeah, about this cool. idea. I love it. Gratitude is humility of heart, considering all as gifts. Sister Madonna Buter. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.